Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Credit Leadership Podcast. Great to have you back. Today, with Ryan and Clarissa Abbott from Perth, Australia. I mean, Perth, Australia for now, but anyway, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I say for now because I know, where did you grow up? South Africa. South Africa. Yes. Durban, I believe. Yes. Uh-huh. And Clarissa, I know where you grew up. Mm-hmm. I grew up in this area. You did. Oh, Lebanon County, County Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And then you're a little child just growing mm-hmm. up. This is fantastic. Well, I'm so excited to have you because uh, you guys come from two different parts of the world. God puts you together <clears throat> in Australia, and you've been involved in leadership now with Youth with a Mission. Mm-hmm. And so we want to talk about that. But before we do that, let's just talk about how you came to Christ. Mm-hmm. And let's just follow your journey a little bit and how you actually came to Christ. Then came together, what that looked like, because you were pursuing God. That's how you mm-hmm. even came together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Clarissa, we'll start with you. Uh, talked about how you grew up briefly and how you came to Christ. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in this area, um, and my parents um, were Christians, and Today yeah, was a pastor, loved the I Lord. Way back in yeah. The day. yeah. So my parents were started pastoring a church when I was eight. Wow. Um, so for most of my life, that's what I sure. I've always been involved in the church. Um, yeah. Very much know who God is. Um, seen signs, miracles, sure. um, yeah, experienced God in church, um, and also my parents were missionaries when I was really little, right. um, so I've always been, yeah, just aware of who God was. I can keenly remember being in Nairobi, Kenya many years ago, and your dad was there as part of the deal with training pastors, mm-hmm. and you were with him, I remember, mm-hmm. you were probably a teenager then, I'm guessing? Probably. So. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. so we were in the mission field together just a bit, mm-hmm. and then how did you get to Australia, and once you get that, then I'm, we're going to hear the South African story after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just remember being a senior, and like, where where should I go, what should I do, and I remember from a very young age, God kind of putting an impression in my heart that missions would be what I would do. Okay. Um, but I just didn't know how that would look or where that would be. Right. Um, so as a senior, I'm like, okay, I need to decide what I'm doing with my life. And then just through conversations with friends and family, um, found out about YWAM. And then, yeah, just looking Seriously, just on the internet, um, sure. that's how I okay. found YWAM Perth, and okay. I decided to go there and do a discipleship training school. So God them. uses the internet sometimes mm-hmm. to lead us and, yeah. and, and, and find our place in God. Mm-hmm. All right, my South African friend, let's mm-hmm. talk about you. Yes. How did you come to the Lord? How did that happen? I actually came to the Lord in Australia. Wow. So you, why did you go to Australia? My family moved over. So okay. I moved over with my parents. Okay. Um, my mom just... Once at a fresh start, my sure. parents were not in a great situation. Sure. Financially, um, together. So my mom's like, Australia is a new beginning in right, a sense right. for us as a family. And so that's actually where I met the Lord. Obviously, growing up in South Africa, very Christian right. in a sense. Uh, so I grew up going to church. Really, okay. Really funny. I would have to go to church and my brother, but my parents wouldn't go to church. Okay. It's just so 
culturally ingrained that kids go to church right. and you do that stuff. So I grew up in the church, around the church, but I wanted nothing to do with the church. Right. It was just right. kind of forced. It was more religious to you. Yeah. Right. Um, and I saw a lot of things. I grew up in a really small family church. Yeah. In a sense, there was five families oh, that really? were part of this church. We were not one of the five families. So they would do all these things. I would grow up with their kids and they would all be really good on a Sunday. Uh-huh. And I'd see them at school during the week and go, right. wait. Sure, What's sure. Going What's on? wrong so, with this picture? Yeah, something's not quite right here. So I think that kind of, in me, instilled me, something in me that I don't want to do this. Yeah. This just doesn't seem right. Probably my personality is very much all in. Right. So I always said, even as a teenager when I wasn't with Christ, if I do this, I'm doing it all in. But talk about the, you had an all in experience somewhere. Something yes. happened that I haven't talked so about. So I was 24 at that point. I had had a few rough years of partying, sure. drinking. Sure. And I worked actually with a, a young guy that was studying and being ordained to be a priest, a Catholic priest. Wow. Um, so he was 21 at that point. And he took his vows, so the three vows they take of poverty, um, fidelity, I think, and there's another one. So they're very serious. He was committed, uh, but charismatic Catholic. And when he left, he actually left Perth to go to Tasmania to be a missionary. They felt like the Lord told him to go. And when he left, he felt like the Lord told him to write me a letter. This is intriguing. And he wrote this letter, obviously directed by the Lord. And he gave it to me when he left and he said, I just want you to read this. And I read it that day and, you know, obviously it was from the Lord. Yeah. It was perfect. It was the perfect letter for me at that point in my life. And I just prayed that night. Okay, Jesus, if you are who this guy is explaining in this letter, what I've seen my whole life, if you are who this guy, because this is different. I, I asked one thing, I said, take away alcohol, I had a problem with drinking because of my personality, sure. I've been all in, Sure. I, I don't have control levels. Right. Um, so with that, I would always go too far. So right. I said, if you take away my my desire for alcohol, I, I'd give you my life. And, I'd, and I woke up the next day, I didn't have a crazy experience, I didn't have a dream, I didn't have right. anything. Right. But I woke up the next day and one, I knew I was loved by God. And two, I never touched alcohol again. God met you so, amazingly. Yeah, I just, and I followed Jesus ever since. Because right. that's what I asked, and that was my commitment. And he did it, and he answered yeah. it. Crazily, it wasn't like I had an angel visit me or anything. I just woke up the next day, and I knew God loved me. Yes. I just had this tangible knowledge that God loved me, and I had no desire ever to drink alcohol. Wow. And that was it. So how did you find out about Youth of the Mission? Yes, how I found out about Youth of the Mission was being a missionary is one of the first things I felt like God told me, right, I want you to do this. Okay. Obviously coming from a, a family that there's very few Christians, there's very key Christians in my right. family, right. but there's very few. And so my brother's called to be a pastor. I, my grandfather was a pastor. There's another pastor in my family yeah. somewhere. So that's all my framework. Sure. Of what it is. Uh, and then I get this thing, you you should be a missionary. And I'm thinking, what is that? How does that even look? Right. How do you do that? What, right. Like, how do you become a missionary? I had no idea. All I know is you go to Bible college and become a pastor if you're a sure. Christian. Right. And I told one, I told my mom and I told one other guy in the church that I was with. 
we would pack chairs down it after the service. Yeah. Said, hey, I just feel like the Lord told me to be a missionary, and I don't know what to do. Like I don't know how to do that. And he also kind of didn't know. And he worked in the city of Perth. He worked at Apple, and he was there. And one day, a YWAM from YWAM Perth, really cool story. Her laptop stopped stopped working huh. for some reason. She goes into Apple, meets this guy, they start talking, and then, and then he remembers me. And That's amazing. Wants to be a missionary. And actually, that girl's laptop worked the next day. <laughs> just that day. God used her laptop. Wow. Just that day, it stopped working, and she went in and met this guy. And he, and then he just told me about why I'm told me about. This girl and I went to visit the base. And yeah, it was really cool because at that point I was thinking of going to Bible college because that's that's the sure. only framework I have. Sure. And then I learned to wild, and then that's when I. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for you, Clunas was on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You it was yeah. a computer that broke down. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So when our hearts are after God yeah. and we're called to something, He mm-hmm. leads us and shows us the next yeah. steps, the yeah. next way to go. Yeah. So of course you went through the discipleship training school. And by the way, anybody is any interested in knowing more about the Abbots, YWAM, YWAM Perth, anything, all that's going to be in the show notes. And our, our producer Marlena will make sure all that's on there for you. Uh, so talk about how you then met. So you would have met at that base, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes, yes right. we did. So did I... love at first sight? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> would you say we that? Tried, like, I can remember the first time I saw her. Yeah. Walk through our front doors at the base. I kind of, whoa, okay, I'm new. But we were kind of running different quarters. Sure. So I think we didn't even meet each other for a long time. Yeah. The first time we probably spoke was she had led an outreach team to Indonesia, a little island in Indonesia, and I had been to that island on my DTS. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that was the connection point. That oh, was that's a connection cool. point yeah. because okay. there's a funny story that one of the babies is named after me oh. on the island. The baby's name is mine. Mm-hmm. So oh. then she came and told me that. Mm-hmm. And then we started talking. And, and we had some mutual friends. So yeah. then... So you, know, you found just, out in Indonesia, there's mm-hmm. a baby named Ryan. Mm-hmm. That was named after him. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> some pastors that we were. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Indonesia is beautiful. Yeah, I've been there. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, let's yeah. talk about leadership. Because mm-hmm. you both have led discipleship training schools. You've been mm-hmm. involved in various kinds of leadership. Mm-hmm. Did you, when you were younger, when you were growing up, did you think you'd be involved in leadership? Did you feel like you had a leadership call of any kind, either of you? No. No, you did not? No. Okay. Maybe a little Maybe bit. Because um, when I was in youth group, I helped to lead some small groups. Yeah. Um, and then I just, and then getting involved with YWAM in Perth, like you're in somewhat of a leadership capacity with smaller groups um, again. So then I think maybe a little bit. Well, a principle (laughs) for leadership would be, is there any door before us is open? Often that is just leading a small group. I Mm -hmm. mean, I led my first small group of about two or three people and I was probably early 20s and I was scared and I didn't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, we we start somewhere. There's an open door, you start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, so talk about what have you learned? What are some things you learned you want someone to know who says, talk to me about leadership. I'm called to leadership of some kind. What are some things that the two of you have learned in your experience? Give me some principles, some things that you've learned. I think for me, coming from South Africa where leadership is very much 
viewed as a very formal. Okay. So I've seen like anyone that leads something, you have to be kind of very formal. Okay. You have to have it all together. It still shapes a lot of my understanding of certain things. So you have to be equipped in a great way. So if you lead anything, you have to have be very formal. You have to have it all figured out. You have to have it all right. Years of training. Yeah, and right. all of that stuff. So I think for me. There was, and sometimes still is, a bit of fear of leadership. Sure. Fear of stepping in. Yeah. So I would say to young people, don't be afraid to lead. Yeah. Like, that's good. If you feel like God is calling, like, I've had to accept this in my life now, mm-hmm. that, oh, I do have actually leadership calling on my life. Yeah. And qualities that I haven't seen because my expectation is up here. It's so high. Yeah. Of what it means to be a leader. So mm-hmm. I would say to a young person, if there is something, don't be afraid. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to lead. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. It's not mm. the end of the world if you make mistakes. Good. I guess for all ages, that's great yeah. advice. Yeah. Especially this you're young, but I mean, I'm in my 70s. I need to hear that too. I mean, yeah. there's mm-hmm. always new doors that God wants you to walk into. Yeah. And, we, mm-hmm. and we think that we can't do it. Well, we can because yeah. Christ lives in us to give us mm-hmm. the grace to do yeah. it. Listen, how about you? What are some things you remember learning? Um, I think one thing I've learned is it's great to have people around you. So other leaders um, that have gone through things um, that have been equipped over the years. Right. Um, having those like wise advisors. Um, mentors in right. your life I think is really important because um, you'll go through things that you've never gone through that maybe Correct. someone else has and you can Correct. really lean on them for wisdom and how yeah. to to do yeah how to do leadership how to yeah, um, yeah uh, so, figure out some situations sure, that you, sure. you, you end up in. You're talking about finding mentors, finding people that have been down the road before mm-hmm. that we can reach out. Oh, so, so true, mm-hmm. so true because for years I didn't have that you know, I had that and then didn't have that. And then I feel like I paid a price for that. And mm-hmm. then later on, again, found mentors that helped me, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what about teamwork? Talk about teamwork, guys. Um, I mean, you've led teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some keys to teamwork that you've learned? Either of you. Um, I think humility is one thing that I've, I've learned um, with teams, especially when it's young people that, or even just mix of ages, people that come from different cultures and working together you all have to have everyone has to have humility to right. be okay to let someone else you know um share them share a message right. that maybe isn't as equipped but they have something on their heart to share or i think that's something that yeah i think of when i think okay. of teamwork okay yeah. how about you for a good team keep jesus the focus right uh, right. When you lead lots of teams, or you're doing lots of ministry, you can end up doing lots of things. Yeah. So you're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing that, and gets really busy. But be intentional to do worship times. Be intentional to do prayer times within your team, mm-hmm. so that it it pulls a team together. Beautiful. When there mm-hmm. is this, wait, we we're doing all these things, but Jesus is still the center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we we are intentional to do worship together. We're intentional to pray. Even though our schedule can get really busy and full of good things, right? or you know things that are necessary, and there's time constraints, and all these things that put pressure on a team, if you if you start to drop the, the worship together or the prayer times, you slowly watch your team kind of fall away and slowly yeah. fall apart. Even though you're doing good things, even though you're doing necessary things, mm-hmm. I think 
if you have to keep Jesus as the center, that will always hold your teeth. Right. If there's this commitment to worship and prayer, mm -hmm. it will hold your teeth. Good. Yeah. So you're talking about focus, Christ in the midst of us, yeah. Jesus the center of it all. Uh, and talk about mentors and people that are for us. Of course, you guys work with DMI, Mission International, Peter Bunton. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you'd encourage missionaries to find connections, find yeah. places that, that we have, have both of those people who push us to Jesus and yeah. also mm -hmm. help us with the practical things yeah. that we need in mm -hmm. leadership. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, you guys, even though it doesn't, you know, sitting here with you, it doesn't really seem like your backgrounds are that different, but they really are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And your nations are really, you yeah. know, yeah. I've been to Durban, South Africa, yeah. obviously I've been to Lebanon County, Pennsylvania yeah. many times. <laughs> yeah. Talk about how that works, uh, how that works in leadership, how that works in, in marriage. Were, were there some surprises that you guys yeah. found because of different mm -hmm. cultures? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think we have, yeah. Obviously coming from YWAM and stuff like that, it seems that it works out and it's good. Right. But it, it really starts to get noticed when you're living it up. Right. It's, right. I think what we've noticed is that we did all the premarital stuff and sure, answered all the sure. questions. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was really good and great. It was like, wow, we're really we're vibing and everything's great. <laughs> and then when we actually started living life up, we started uh -huh. to notice things, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a big obvious one, which you hear get talked about a lot, but is really important, I think, for us is to notice that she's from a Western nation, and I'll use terms maybe cold climate and warm climate. Oh, yeah. Those are the terms, right? Mm. Yeah. And for her, it's very much her happiness leads to the happiness of us as a family, which is important and key. And then for me, it would be the happiness of the family leads to my happiness. The whole right. is more important than the individual, whereas for her, the individual, mm -hmm. in a sense, not saying it's just clear as that. Right. But sometimes that plays out and we have to walk it up. The truth is they're both so, true. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Both right. Yeah. <laughs> and how do we both sacrifice in that? Yeah. Well, when do I go, yeah. like, actually, Clarissa needs these things. Right. Because that impacts us as a whole. Mm -hmm. So I actually need to make my wife happy. Right. For us to be happy. Happy wife, happy yeah. life. Yeah. That's so the way it works. I yeah. think we've seen that in a few little ways. And, you know, I think... Yeah, I always say, if it wasn't for Jesus, marriage would be tough. <laughs> you know? Like, if I don't have concepts of right. humility and sure. sacrifice You're right. and laying down my life for my wife, yeah. like, if it's not for Jesus, that... Well, yeah, and that's why couples that don't have Jesus often, it doesn't yeah. work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, they can be very difficult <laughs> when you have yeah. Jesus. What would you say, Clarissa? Things you've learned about cross-cultural um, ministry, marriage, leadership. I think you kind of hinted at it a little bit. What I was thinking of is that there aren't always like you you find yourself in life situations where like there's a difference in response from your culture to from my culture versus Ryan's culture right. um, but there's not necessarily a moral like right or wrong right. one's right or right. wrong and so then it's really coming back to okay Lord what are you saying how do we want to move forward um, I don't know if that makes any sense, yeah, sure but that, that's what was coming to my mind is there's not always like a, this culture is right and this culture is not, it's right. not always yeah. like that. And so then you've got to process that with people around you, um, with, you know, others that are right. in, exactly. um, cross-cultural marriages. Exactly. Yeah. 
And you're talking about three different cultures here too. You each come from your home culture, mm -hmm. and then you're living in a third culture. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Now, talk about that. Is would you say Australia is that warm culture, cold culture? How do you see Australia? Mm. Australia That's a good would question. be, or is it some cold. of both? Maybe. Yeah, more, I think, it leans more cold. I yeah, think. I think yeah. I would have guessed the same. Yeah, I yeah. think our context is unique as a as a YWAM base. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many cultures. YWAM has its own culture. It, it, it does. It really uh, does. Yeah. So for us, but I've been in. I think Australia is unique because there is the Aboriginal culture that also is very strong and influences. Sure, of course. In, in a sense, and they would be more tribal, more warm. Um, so that Correct. I think has impacted mm -hmm. a bit of the very Australian true. culture, in in a sense. Because mm -hmm. Australians, I mean, of course, there's the Aborigines. And then the Europeans, yeah. you know, from Scotland yeah. and England, yeah. you know, they came to Australia. So yeah. you have that clash of culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is. And like I've heard our base leaders talk about, there was actually a period early on where because of how the Europeans came to Australia, you know, they came on ships. Right. They were the, you know, prisoners. Well, people and came out of prison, exactly. Yeah. So they also didn't have a lot of parental influence in a sense. Right. And the Aboriginals actually, in a way back, some of the Aboriginals actually like fathered and mothered some of the Europeans. Right. So that influence is still there interesting. in that way. Very interesting. Um, so I think there is that shaping as mm -hmm. well. So it's really cool. I think, yeah, it would be cold, but maybe not as much as Euro Europe and stuff like that because sure. of that Aboriginal influence sure. that impacted. Now, let's talk more about, uh, about leadership. Uh, as you look back in your lives, I mean, you guys aren't that old, but you, you've got some experience. <laughs> no, like me, but you've got some experience. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, are there things you would have done differently? Just think about that for a minute. Are there things that you would have done differently as far as leadership mm -hmm. and some of the decisions you made? Mm -hmm. So again, we're thinking about somebody else in the corner listening right now saying, I don't want to make the same mistakes mm -hmm. you made. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are there some? Either of you. Um, for me personally, I was thinking of simply just like listening to people more um, mm -hmm. and giving people time um, to process things instead of as a leader assuming or putting pressure for them to make decisions in a certain time frame sure. or I think yeah just just really listening to people like with what in the leadership that I've leadership roles I've had um, there's often large tasks or mm -hmm. a lot of ministry you're involved in and so right. you can sometimes just be so focused on the task or right, ministry right. and can sometimes forget about people right. um, and that you need to be involved and um, care for them and value them and yeah. sometimes that's just simply listening to them. True. Um, yeah, the, that's something I Good. was Good. Ryan, how about you? Where you, or you have it all together and never know. I think I was thinking about this. For me, a big one would be in my leadership early on. Yeah. And, and it's a fine line. I think I led a lot out of my my preferences. Sure. Or my personality. Right. I can think of a situation where on my the first DTS outreach I led, you know, around food. Food is a lot of quality quantity in my life but not I don't really care about it that much right right I like good food but I, it's not a massive focus for me so you know we had to plan 
meals and plan what to eat for, for breakfast and lunch and dinner. Right. And to me, it's like, well, we'll just make it up as we go, you know, like it doesn't need to be, but there was actually people on my team that they need the schedule and the plan. Right. So I had to learn, wait, my preference is, well, every day we'll just figure it out. But there's actually other people on my team that it's really helpful right. to have it scheduled. So I had to shift out of my preference, good. my That's personality good. and go, okay, we're going to sit down. To me, this makes no sense to plan out a whole week of meals. Yeah. But for these people and for the sake of my team, I need to do this. Yeah. So sit down, let's plan out a week right. for meals. And I had to learn that, that way. It's not always just my preference. It's not always just how I would like it. So good. to listen. So good. So yeah, we have a saying right here: "Help me, help you, help you." And you know, yeah. and, and and I think often real key to leadership is we think everyone thinks like us. I mean, yeah. I thought that for years. How stupid that was! <laughs> you know, they don't. Yeah. Most do not. Yeah. But the reality is, really finding out what's in the hearts of people we serve with, yeah. and and then working as a team together, yeah. it just makes all the difference, mm. difference in the world. Good. Yeah. So somebody's listening right now, saying, "Man, I and." I really am called to leadership of some kind. I'm not sure what that is, mm-hmm. but I want to start somewhere. Uh, any other advice you'd have for them? Either, any advice you have for somebody younger? Uh, and by the, by the way, I just want all of our listeners to, to know that if you want to know more about Dub Mission International, it's on the show notes, Youth of the Mission, the Perth Base, you guys. In fact, we'll even put your email address out there if you want it, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so if we want to connect with you. Yeah. Uh, we'll make sure all that happens. Any other advice for younger leaders? We often say it's the small things and small changes we make can make a massive difference in our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other small things you've learned over the years you say, that's something I want everybody to know? Mm-hmm. I would say talk to your leaders. Talk to the people ahead of you. That's, that's a, good. That's a big thing that's for so me good. that mm-hmm. I've learned consistently. As I've, mm-hmm. I think even in this last school that I led, so it was something I learned on my first outreach that I led where... You know, it comes from this idea as a leader, you need to have it all together. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to actually communicate to the guy ahead of me. Yeah. Like, hey, actually, I'm struggling a little bit. Actually, this is a bit overwhelming right. for me. Actually, I make your mistakes here. But I didn't do that because I need to show that I have it all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even this last school that I led. So I went from leading outreaches, figuring that out. And then you go to the next level, leading the whole school. Right. I, I look back now, six months ago. And go, oh man, I should have communicated better okay. to the guy ahead of me. Okay. Um, because, you know, I didn't have it all figured mm-hmm. out, you know. Yeah. I needed to lean on his wisdom. Right. So I would mm-hmm. say lean on Clarissa talked about it, but don't be don't be afraid to to communicate to the people about you when when you are struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you're disqualified. Right. I wasn't disqualified to lead the school. I wasn't disqualified to lead the outreach, but it would have been helpful to pass on information yes and then they could have said spoken in uh, so I'd say yeah don't be afraid to do that don't be afraid to speak to the guy above you for him to speak in right because it's actually going to help you mm-hmm. relieve this the tension and the stress that's mm-hmm. a big one for me that's huge. I think I always feel like I got it together right and then mm-hmm. I look back oh maybe I didn't quite have it together as much sure. as I thought and <laughs> I should have been communicating yeah that. Mm-hmm. yeah in the beginning of this time together, you used the word humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what you're talking about. That's yeah. humility. Mm-hmm. We realize we don't have it all together, mm-hmm. but we're mm-hmm. just saying, hey, yeah. I need some help on this thing. This is what yeah. I'm feeling. I'm feeling overwhelmed, whatever. Help yeah. me. They've been down the road before. They yeah. can give us the advice you need. You know, m- most people don't know this, yeah. but uh, I mean, the, the Devon National family that we represent, I represent, mm-hmm. 
uh, is really learned a ton from YWAM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember when we were one church of a couple thousand people and mm-hmm. we were going to become a movement, how do we do that, how do we make decisions? And I was in New Zealand speaking and Lauren Cunningham speaking at the same conference mm-hmm. and sat down with Lauren and said, help us, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. And a day later I sat with Floyd McClung, who was now with the Lord in those days mm-hmm. with YWAM, said, how do we do this? So we learned so much from yeah. you through the mission, so we mm-hmm. love you through the mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Clarissa, how about you? Yeah. Anything you said? Uh, yeah, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Ooh. Every leader has made mistakes and probably will make mistakes right. um, in the future. So I think, yeah, like we've said a few of these already, but I think just stay soft and humble when you make a mistake. Yep. Be surrounded by those, you know, that have gone before you, yeah. um, that have wisdom. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to make mistakes and stay consistent with just loving the Lord. I think yeah, uh, it's key as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, I can't believe our time is almost over. It is going so fast. <laughs> Anything, any last minute thing you say, I wish I would have said that. Any last minute thing you want to share with our with our listeners of the podcast, the Leadership Podcast? I want to make sure I give you ample opportunity. I think remain faithful in a sense of, I, oh, what's his name? The guy that wrote the message. Oh, Peterson. Jo- no, not Jordan Peterson. Eugene Peterson. Yeah. He, he's, I think it's him that's some faithfulness as long obedience in the same direction. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> so I like that. Long obedience in the same direction. Keep being faithful. I think in this generation and in the time we now live, there's going to be, you know, they talk about this quicker feedback loops in a sense. Right. Because of social media. Right. So you're going to have quicker feedback loops. Yeah. And... You know, sometimes that's going to be good. Right. Like sometimes, you know, it, it, social media has a lot for things to get called out that needed right. to be called out. Right. But sometimes it might not be good. Right. Mm-hmm. It might just be a right. snowball of people jumping. Uh, you have to be faithful to just right. keep walking forward. Exactly. In what God's called you to do. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. people might say things and you take someone, you spit some out. Right. Just, just be faithful and keep walking. Yeah. Long obedience in the same direction you have. Have the vision God's placed on your heart yeah. and be committed to that. Willing to learn and humble, yeah, but also good. a solid, a, a commitment and a fortitude in your heart Right. that, you know, this is what God's called me to do and this is my personality and that's okay. That's and right. I'm going to walk that out and, you know, there will be things said yeah. in this day and age yeah. and it'll be very quick and it'll become, you know, sometimes in droves it will even come right. um, and it can seem overwhelming, but walking out right you know. yeah don't believe all the press about you yeah. good, good or bad yeah. you know mm-hmm. especially social media because that happens instantly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. any last minute thoughts that you have I don't give think so I guess just thanks for having us oh and, yeah it's yeah, so good it's been, really good. been so so good anybody you want to connect with uh, Ryan and, and Clarissa uh, you can see their email in the show notes and uh, you know more about Dub Mission International, YWAM, and Dub Christian Fellowship International, any of those things. It's all in the show notes. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. While representing so Perth, Australia, yeah. that was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also representing South Africa, yes. Lebanon County, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Amazing the way God's yeah. using you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And so uh, we'll be back next week. So glad to have all of you with us today. Remember, we learn these small things, these small changes, we can make them make a massive difference in our lives in the future. So thank you for joining us for the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. God bless you. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, 
go to LarryKreider.com. 